0: In the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, number one best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose, host of the Ken Coleman Show, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Ken, long before there was a Ken Coleman, uh, when I first started this, uh, broadcast a long, long time ago, it was called the money game. Yes. And, uh, back in those days, 30 year, years ago, we were on in Nashville only. And, um, a friend of mine that I had known, uh, from church, put a book out helping people like you do in the career space, 48 days to yeah. the work you love. His name's Dan Miller. Mm. And uh, Dan and his wife, Joanne, have been friends of Sharon's and mine for almost 40 years now, wow. and um, uh, 48 Days became a perennial bestseller, sold millions of copies, uh, and helped millions of people in the same space that you're in with their career, and selecting the right passion, and all of those kinds of things. Dan and I were in a Bible study with a bunch of high-performing guys. We called it the Eagles Group, When uh, we met every Wednesday morning uh, for 14 years. And uh, that group uh, disbanded. It ran its course several years ago, about a decade ago or so. And Dan moved, he and Joanne moved to Florida. And he uh, uh, he called me in December and told me he had a, a very aggressive cancer. And uh, he uh, he went home to be with Jesus last night about 9, 9.15. Mm. And so lost a dear friend and a guy that's an icon in the space that yeah. you're in. For sure, yeah, and uh, um, has helped a lot of people in that career space. So we'll honor him today, and yeah, um, and continue to cry and pray with his family. And uh, so, just an incredible, incredible friend, incredible man, uh, great dad, great husband too. That's what people sometimes behind the scenes you don't know what people are, and this guy's like the real dude.
1: Well, you know, he I, I had the privilege of having dinner with a couple guys that uh, he has mentored, and uh, about my age. And just the way they talked about him. Of course, I got to know Dan was on his show and he interviewed Dan on my show as well. And, uh, you know, when you think about someone's legacy, it's the impact that they leave behind that has nothing to do with the public stuff. And he had a tremendous impact there. But just the way he has impacted people for decades, pouring into guys in a mastermind group. I got to talk to two of these guys and they just, they both uh, teared up just talking about the impact that he had had on their lives. Yep. Which absolutely. is what it's all about.
0: Absolutely. Quite a legacy. Yeah. Quite a legacy. Great man. Quite a guy. So our uh, condolences to our friends there yeah. and uh, just take a second and honor the work that he had done. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Alright, Billy is with us. Billy is in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Billy. How are you?
2: Hello, Dave. Hello, Ken. How are you guys?
0: Better than we deserve. What's up?
2: Well, uh, my wife and I want to make a new car purchase for the first time in over a decade and I just want to make sure that This could be a pretty sizable car purchase, and I just want to make sure that this makes sense from your perspective. We've been followers followers of yours for quite some time now, and I would just like to get the Dave Blessing if I can.
0: (laughs) Well, it's not something that's required for a car, I can tell you that. If you've been following (laughs) us a long time, you know that we don't buy new cars unless you have at least a million-dollar net worth. Are you talking about new to you or a brand-new car?
2: It's a brand new car, and the only reason why I'm calling in is because before I was about ten grand underneath the millionaire status, and now as of this morning, I'm $3,909 over the millionaire <laughs> status.
0: Just crossed
1: the finish line. All right. So you're <laughs> sure
0: you're ready to go on that one, all right? And you probably also know we tell folks, regardless of their level of wealth, not to buy things with wheels and motors all added together. That equals more than half your annual income. So what's your household income?
2: About half a million dollars.
0: Wow. You're killing it. What do you do for a living?
2: I'm a solutions architect at a technology company, and my wife's a tech sales executive
0: at a startup. Phenomenal. Way to go, you guys. Well, it sounds like you're going to be able to afford this car. What is it? What kind of car? It's an electric SUV.
2: It's a Rivian, and I know you're a car guy, so it goes zero to 60 in three seconds.
0: Yeah, I know the Rivian, yeah. Was talking to a guy I bought one the other day, I parked beside him at church and I parked my raptor beside him. We were talking about it as we were walking into <laughs> church. It was <laughs> kinda of, a great conversation. It's a lot I'll of fun. But so um so it's a wonderful <laughs> vehicle for I mean, if you like the electric stuff, there. I I mean, they're yeah. just it's an incredible the engineering is very cool. What is that thing? About ninety grand, hundred grand?
2: Uh out the door with tax title license and everything, ninety eight thousand.
0: Yeah, okay. All right. And I assume you've got the cash.
2: Yes, I just crossed uh, hundred grand on the high-yield savings account, so mm-hmm. I wanted to pay for everything, you know, the insurance for the whole year and everything as well.
0: So unless your wife is driving a $150,000 vehicle, your two vehicles would be under half your annual income, and you're over a million dollars, and you're paying cash. That's the only thing we tell people to look at.
2: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and we're driving right now like a 10-year-old Hyundai, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we're still going to keep it until it dies just for, like, memory's sake.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's uh, yeah, it's uh, apparently the engineering on this thing is incredible. I've not driven one of them. Uh, the only thing I worry about with a brand new manufacturer on anything yeah. is I end up owning a Delorean or something, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, or Studebaker or something that goes out of business, you know, and and then leaves you, you know, they make they make them for three years and then they're gone. I don't I don't have any reason to think that this company is going to do that, but I'm just saying, and just as a general comment. But can you afford this? Yes, you can afford it, sir, and yes, you should go buy it if it's what you want.
2: Amazing! Thank you, Dave. I really appreciate it. Very cool.
0: That's fun. Very fun. He walked through. it. I don't it. get to do that very often.
1: Most of the time, I, I say, know. "Don't buy the car." Well, yeah, or sell the car. Right. Usually, when they call saying, "I need your blessing," it's because they feel like they're, they're getting ready to f- do
0: something stupid that's
1: stupid. Yeah, please save me. But this guy had uh, walked right through it. I, I'm with you. I still wouldn't that's do just a it. Car taste. Yeah, I I'd, would do it. I I'd mean, get I'd... a year old one or something like that because it is a new manufacturer. But, you know, I guess it's coming with all the warranties and everything, but it's brand new. I see them driving all over the oh, place. Oh, yeah, they're great. They got a dealership about a mile and a half from my house in oh, downtown Franklin. Yeah. Okay. So I see them. They look it, cool. I'm telling you, it's a BA car, man. It'll, it'll ride. It'll go. It's faster than Zero a Tesla. to 60 in three seconds.
0: It's a, It makes a Tesla look, yeah.
1: What's the, uh, is it is it a foreign manufacturer, I guess? No, they're U.S.
0: It's a U.S.? Yeah. Okay. All
1: right. Didn't yeah. even
0: know. You know, yeah, it's crazy, but ah, man, it's, it's expensive too. But it's good. It's, hey, that's but what he's earned. It. This he is why you work. Okay? That's right. You live like no one else, so later you can live like no one else. Freaking making a half million dollars a year, got a million dollar net worth, young guy. Yeah, but um, and has saved up the cash to do it. Yeah, and that's what he. And he's making a big leap up, big too, jump from a, from a. I
1: feel bad for the poor Hyundai.
0: For a hoopty, the ten-year-old
1: Hyundai is going to feel bad when the new shiny vehicle shows up, but they're going to keep it. I like it. Yeah. So, what's the thing on the Hyundai's all getting stolen? Have you
0: seen the TikTok thing? <laughs> no. You know, Dave, I'm not on TikTok. I'm not either. But I heard I it this morning. In a, I heard idea. it this morning in a different setting. That it's hard to have that. There's some kind of a. This is true. A guy in the audience yeah, is shaking his head. It's hard to get insurance on them. They're getting stolen because the, somebody put out a hack on how to how to get one started, how to break into it. And all these people are using that hack,
1: oh, and I see. they're
0: stealing Hyundai's, okay, like crazy. Mm. So, you Hyundai people, be careful out there. Wow! Wow! Get the low jack. Who knew? Who knew? This is the Ramsey show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Hey, folks, we want you to join us in Nashville for a brand new event that we just launched the ticket sales on. It's called the Total Money Makeover Weekend. It's going to be May 10th and 11th. There's millions of you out there who have been listening for a while and are still sitting on the sidelines. No more sitting. It's time to do it time to take action. In just one weekend, we're going to give you a crash course on everything we teach you about money, and you're going to hear brand new content, in addition to that, from the Ramsey personalities on budgeting, beating debt, investing, careers, and more. No matter what baby step you're on, this event will light a fire under your butt, and you'll make progress. All the Ramsey personalities, including Ken Coleman in my right, will be part of this weekend, the Total Money Makeover Weekend. It's going to be live question and answers all throughout the weekend, lots of opportunities for fun and pictures and everything else it is a total immersion so come join us may 10 and 11 early bird tickets went on sale uh just a couple days ago at 99 dollars, and they are for a limited time we're going to re- we're going to up the prices as we go along so if you want the best prices you do it now get your tickets right now at ramsey slash events the event center only holds 2,500 folks, so you do need to get your tickets as soon as possible, please, for your sake. Cassandra is in Colorado Springs. Hi, Cassandra. How are you? Hi,
3: guys. I'm good. How are you guys?
0: Better than we deserve. What's up?
3: <laughs> so I'm curious about doing um, a HELOC to consolidate our debt to pay it off quicker. mm. So, um, we have about 55,000 that we are wanting to pay off, but Mm -hmm. what I was hoping to do was to do the HELOC. Um, so pull out the 55,000 and then do about a $400 payment a week. Mm -hmm. So it would be either an automatic withdrawal or we do, well, automatic is easier. So if we do the automatic withdrawal, um, and then I'm hoping it would be paid off in about three years.
0: Not at eighteen thousand a year, it won't be. The interest is eighteen. No, six or four hundred a week is sixteen hundred a month. That's nineteen thousand dollars a year. Times three is not fifty-five. It might I get there. You might get there, but it's going to be tough. Yeah, you'll get there, I guess. But uh, uh, okay. So um, all right. So what kind of debt is this?
3: Um, we've got about, uh, just under 10,000 on a credit card. And then the rest are auto loans, no student loans. Mm -hmm. And this is not including the house. Mm -hmm. So Mm
0: -hmm. what's your household um, income?
3: Uh, like after taxes take home, it's about 7,100 a month. Mm -hmm. Husband has two jobs and then I, um, also work on commission. So I get, um, bonuses and so whatever we get, and those extra incomes go straight to debt, but I'm wanting it to go faster.
0: So, yeah. the, go, <laughs> Going faster will be about you guys uh, sacrificing and cutting deeper. It won't be about interest. Interest rate's not your problem when you have only a two-year or a three-year problem. Uh, your, your problem okay. is just straight cash flow, and you can increase that, of course, by increasing income or decreasing outgo, which is sacrifice. The, the sure. problem with it, with, with moving this onto your home is you've now put your home at risk for your misbehavior and your sure. misbehavior was you bought things you couldn't afford to buy.
3: Right. And now recognizing that and yeah. changing that behavior.
0: Yeah. Maybe 88% of the people that do debt consolidation end up going further in debt, not less debt because they Ugh. don't change the habits and the behavior. I personally would tell you to never do it. I would list these debts okay. smallest to largest. I'd cut up the credit cards. Um, okay. I would sacrifice so deeply that people think you joined, joined a cult. I'd sell so much <laughs> stuff the kids think they're next. I would go crazy and get this done in about two years with your income and live on nothing not going out to eat, not going on vacation, uh, not looking for an easy way out, attacking this with an absolute freaking vengeance. Um, uh, that's the formula that we have seen that has the most success. Um, cause here's the thing. Debt is not the problem. Debt is the symptom and interest rates. When you run the actual math are not what's killing you here. Uh, especially when you pay those credit cards off really, really fast, because they're going to be the smaller of these debts. The cars are going to be the larger of the debts. And so when you list these things smallest to largest, pay minimum on everything but the little one, attack the little one with a vengeance, credit cards are going to be the first thing out the door. They're going to be gone. And so now your interest rates are not going to be substantially different from that point forward between that and the HELOC. And you put your home at risk to buy a car or, in this case, to keep a car that you shouldn't have bought.
1: Yeah, the key That we have seen, Cassandra, in all these years, when Dave talks about, you've heard him talk about it over and over and over again, gazelle intensity, the word there is urgency. And here's what happens. When you take the route of the HELOC, you remove all urgency. In fact, the way you laid it out to us was so relaxed. And we'll pay $400 a week. And in three years we'll pay it off, and that's where the that's where things go awry. And Dave's right, and the data backs him up. So urgency is: we don't rely on the HELOC, we don't rely on a steady monthly payment to get out of this. We get after it right now. We sell a car if we've got some equity. We drive a a, a car that maybe we wouldn't choose to drive. You know, we work two and three extra jobs. We sacrifice, like Dave talked about. What's going on there is urgency, and when your your urgency is driving behavior, you're going to see faster results. And, that, you're that's my see, and you see permanent behavior change. That's correct because you don't ever want to do that again.
0: Yeah, you don't. You don't see that when you uh, just ease into it. That's right. Know. The HELOC's too easy. Yeah. I'm going to keep eating donuts but I'm also going to start having a protein shake.
1: You know, <laughs> I'm going to I'm like, going to walk 5 miles a day but I'm not giving up the donuts.
0: That's right. And six <laughs> Big Macs at lunch, yeah. And so, yeah. That that's you know, that that is the equivalent of what we're talking about. It, it's right. you, you there is a thing. So uh, you you asked and so we're answering you fairly and that is I wouldn't do it because when you lean into this with that urgency, with that level of sacrifice, you'll never go back. It causes the behavior to permanently be changed Mm. because you never see it the same way again. This is not a math problem. It's a behavior problem. And when you address it through that lens, it changes the answer dramatically here. Never would I... See, you go out to eat, and you put a steak on your credit card, and then you put your credit card on your home. Mm. You've now financed a steak on a HELOC.
1: Oof. That's a great way of
0: looking at it. I mean, that's just... (laughs) when you think about it it's just nuts all right roger is in tampa florida hey roger welcome to the ramsey show
4: how you doing dave how you doing dr john
0: uh great ken's with me this hour what's up oh
1: sorry about that that's okay
0: all good ken likes to be called doctor i've never been called
1: doctor ever so i'm gonna take it (laughs) cool well um
4: All right. My question is, you know, I've worked in the wedding industry doing music for for weddings for almost 18 years now. And uh, in 2022, I was making about, you know, $80,000 a year. Halfway through 2022, I decided to go into business for myself. Um, Last year, 2023, I did really well and took in about... uh, almost
0: $250,000 to raise my income up um, in the same thing so, doing the same thing in the same thing just wow just starting my, yeah good for you
4: thank you so you know we spent the last year we paid off our credit cards uh, We don't have any car loans or anything but we do have two loans that are kind of hanging over my head and I'm a little overwhelmed just trying to figure out how to manage the money we have my wife has about $120,000 in student debt and I, years ago <clears throat> made a bad decision took out an sba loan small business association loan and it's about a hundred thousand dollars that i took out
0: so you got two hundred twenty thousand um, dollars to pay off and you made 250 last year correct dude you used to make 80 yeah live on your old income and you're debt free in two years yes okay so my well the question i have to you is uh you know because as the, the business
4: has really grown pretty quickly, almost almost quick quicker than I a lot quicker than I expected. So I'm like facing these issues where not issues but I, I need to I'm, I'm looking at future jobs and realizing that I need to purchase I mean need to make
0: No, you don't need to purchase anything else. You need to keep making two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and pay off two hundred and twenty thousand dollars in debt. You don't need to be buying anything right now. You gotta clean up your mess first. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. One of our other fellow Ramsey Personalities is in the middle of book launch week. We're uh, Tomorrow will be one week that the book has been out, Breaking Free from Broke by George Camel, The Ultimate Guide to More Money and Less Stress. It is fun and packed with research, and you will never look at some of the villains in the marketplace the same again. He exposes everyone that is ripping you off in breaking free from broke you will love the read it's a lot of fun to read a lot of people hadn't read a book in five years of reading it that's a good indicator that's a good book george camel check it out you can get it at ramseysolutions.com or anywhere great books are sold lexi is in saint paul minnesota hi lexi welcome to the ramsey show
5: hi thank you so much for having me how are you guys today
0: better than we deserve what's up
5: Hi, um, I just wanted your advice on uh, some career uh, trajectories. Um, I just to give some background, I'm a recent uh, law student graduate. Um, I chose my law school because I got a full ride, so I'm out debt-free. Great. Um, Good for you. And Thank you. Um, and I took a job with my state government as a civil litigator, where I currently make $80,000 a year. Um, and I love this job because I get the mentorship of a corporate law firm, but I get to do work that is meaningful to me, and I get to volunteer 15 hours a week.
0: What, is the, what is the work that you're doing that's meaningful?
5: Um, I get to help uh, protect people in my state uh, from bad actors. Protect in who? Uh, residents of my state.
1: Residents of your state. So, so who are the bad that's actors? That's Give us an example of who you're protecting them from.
5: Um. So, I mean, if there's um, someone who isn't paying fair wages to their employees or there's harassment in the workplace, I get to help step in and make sure that that isn't happening to my my fellow citizens.
1: Is that a form of. Are you working for the Attorney General? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Are you working for the Attorney General? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Trying to make sure we, we go. That makes sense then. Okay.
5: Cool. Yeah. And I I love the work. I get a lot of really great mentorship.
0: Mm -hmm. I get
5: to go into court three to four days a week, which a lot of my classmates who went into big law, I mean, they're in cubicles. I don't, they're not getting the experience I am. Um, And I get to to volunteer, right? I run a housing clinic uh, through a legal aid. I I get to volunteer 15 hours a week. Um, But I chose my law school because I would come out debt free and I, I went into it. After spending three years working for legal aid, and that's really where my heart is. That's where I want to give back to. Um, and I'm wondering if I should suck it up and go into a corporate law firm where I'd make an additional hundred thousand dollars a year easily, um, pay off my house, and you know, be able to to really give myself to legal aid without any financial burdens. Or if I should. Go so straight to legal aid work and, you know, potentially burnout because it's a lower, lower paid position
1: and. Option you know, A. Hard work. Option A. I'm gonna, now this is me. I'm going to answer it is what would I do if I were in your shoes with everything yeah. you've given me. Um, you love the work that you do, you love the result of that work, and you want to volunteer, and legal aid is close to your heart. But the reality is is that if you go into a legal aid position, you are probably going to burn out. Your income is going to be absolutely capped. And I don't know that you're making more of a difference working in that type of a situation 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, as you would uh, going to work for a great law firm with no cap, essentially, or certainly raise the cap tremendously on your income ability, and then give back with your time that way. The more money you make and the more money you keep, Lexi, always leads to more freedom, more options with what you want to do with your time. You can give back financially, and you can give back with your time in both positions. And I think you've got to create more income and more freedom for you to be able to have more impact now i'm not going to say that you wouldn't make great impact I mean, you wouldn't be fulfilled but i'm telling you what i would do i'd choose both income and impact dave is what i would choose because you can still volunteer more a, money.
0: The, there's, the good news is there's almost an infinite number of answers to your question yeah there's a lot of different ways you can use the law uh to accomplish your goal and um I don't think it's uh, necessarily, uh, you know, all, all in on legal aid versus all in on big law and I lose my soul, but I make a lot of money so I can come back and find my soul again. You know, that kind of thing. I don't, I don't think you have to go one direction or the other there. You're in a mid-level, you're in a mid-middle decision where you are, where you're getting to do some of the legal aid work, and like you said, you're getting great mentorship, you're in court every day. So for a season, staying where you are might not be bad. Um, uh, then a third option pops into my head cause I'm entrepreneurial. I wonder what kind of boutique law firm you could, uh, own and operate after you've got a little bit more experience under your belt that would allow you to make a couple of hundred thousand and still have a lot of room for pro bono. And you select the type of legal aid you want to provide, mm-hmm. um, as a part of the business model of running your own firm at some point, uh, where you made serious money off of, uh, good people that you want to help, uh, and you also have have the the margin to do the other stuff too. So there, there's a lot of different ways to get at this. Um, uh, I, I I just I, I don't I always um, uh, resist the idea that the only way you can do something noble and fulfilling is to be broke. Right. That's why the contrary is true. You can do a lot of noble and fulfilling things and, you know, the people that you're helping will, uh, help you to help others in the process. And, um, so I, I, you know, I don't mind where you are for a period of time. Uh, it's, it's, it's scratching a whole lot of your itches right now. Yeah. And just say, okay, this is my, um, this is my internship. Mm -hmm. This is my apprenticeship and I'm going to do this for three years or I'm going to do this for four years. And, then I'm going to take that and go open a boutique firm, make serious money on part of my clients and pro bono the rest of them, and still scratch a lot of that itch. I don't think you have to necessarily build up a pile of wealth and then work for nothing at Legal Aid to have done good in society or done good in society the way you're defining it, even. Yeah. I, I, uh, so I just, I, you've done, and I love that you did this debt free. That's pretty stinking well, remember, amazing. Remember,
1: you and I were talking about this recently that most young people don't realize the amount of law schools that are in this country because they think, well, I got to go to the big name law school, you know, Ivy League or a Vanderbilt in our in our neck of the woods. But there are law schools in every state that if you have the right GPA and the LSAT scored, they will give you a full ride. Lexi's an example of this, and I want to applaud her too, Dave, because here's a young lady who's come out, and she's getting courtroom experience, which is incredibly valuable. She's oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Her colleagues
0: are sitting in the cube.
1: They're waiting for their chance yeah. to get in court. She's in there every day on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like I like uh, uh, my option plus Dave's option, Lexi. I thought both of those are sound ideas for you. You can give back, but you can move up at the same time. They're not separate choices as Dave said that's a false narrative and and you don't need to feel bad I I didn't like how she said and you know I have to suck it up and go to the big law firm I wouldn't look at it that way you know and and I would look at it as if I don't like the big law firm that's one thing but moving up doesn't mean that I'm somehow not being authentic to who I am and wanting to use the law for good
0: yeah she just doesn't want to she didn't like that environment. I, I think get part that, of it. and I don't blame her for that. I agree. I get I don't that. Blame her for that, she's they just a Basically, they ride you like a horse, man. <laughs> I mean, right. it's like nuts. Yeah. Um yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't argue that part of it. Um, but you know, there's um, there's a lot of ways to get at helping mm-hmm. fo- the helping folks um, with you know with the law, and there are a lot of lot of angles on that that you can do that are not in any way a sellout. So, good question. Good question. You're an amazing young lady. Thank you for calling in. This is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, Luke 14, 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you sit down first and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Dan Miller that we referenced at the top of the hour uh, said, success Is never an accident. It typically starts as imagination, becomes a dream, stimulates a goal, grows into a plan of action, which then inevitably meets with opportunity. Don't get stuck along the way. That's good. Great quote. Open phones at 888 825 5225. Morgan is in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Hey, Morgan, how are you?
6: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Better than we deserve. What's up?
6: Yeah, my husband and I have been married for about two and a half years, and we have no debt. Um, We would love to buy a house, invest more into retirement, and grow our wealth, but with the budget we have, there seems to be no extra room, even though we're living on as minimum as we can. So what advice do you guys have for growing wealth on a small budget, or maybe maximizing that wealth?
0: Well, either you're not living on as little as you can, or you don't make much money. Which is it?
6: I... I think if we don't make much money, um, what's your
0: household income?
6: About $50,000.
0: Okay. Yeah. You're below average. Don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying the average Mm is 72,000
1: nationally. What do you each do?
6: Mm -hmm. My husband is an audiovisual technician and I currently don't work. I'm a full-time student. We have a baby
1: full-time student. When will
0: you be done?
6: Um, in about six months.
0: And what do you plan to do?
6: I don't really plan to work. I probably plan to stay home with the kids and eventually homeschool my other kids.
0: Why did you get a degree?
6: Um, I'm not paying for it, so it was kind of presented to me as a way to get – I got I started school before I got married and was maybe going to use it then, and now I am married for a few years with kids. So.
0: What's your degree in?
6: Christian Ministries.
0: Okay. All right. Um, well, I mean, there, there's only two sides to the equation, the income and the outgo. And mm-hmm. so if you all want to address your income side, then you're going to have more margin. It's that simple. You have more you have more wiggle room in this budget. Um if you you said you got two kids? One
6: one kid.
0: One kid. Okay. And you guys are what?
6: 25?
0: Uh I'm 21, my husband's 26. Okay. All right. And um so I mean, you do not have a lot of room in a $50,000 budget. Um that would make sense. And in our Michigan. Uh, I mean, it's not like you're some kind of crazy spender, like you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, out on the town buying $300 dinners every night. I know you're not. You don't have room in that budget to do that. You've done a good job staying within that budget, not getting into debt. Way to go. Good job. Um, but yeah. I think what you've got to do is you have you know, I, I remember a guy teaching one time I was in a, a, a conference on leadership and business, and he said, the problem with hitting goals is not what you're willing to do to get there it's what you're willing to give up Mm -hmm. to get there. And giving up Mm -hmm. in your all's case might be uh, if we want to have a house, we're going to have to give up some time and be working. If we want to build some wealth, we're going to have to trade some time for that. And so um, at 21 with a baby, you've got this uh, stay-at-home mom homeschooling thing, dream dialed in, which there's nothing wrong with at all. My wife stayed at home with our children. Uh, but you have to, on the other side of the equation, then, go make some stinking money. And uh, if, mm-hmm. if you're going to be doing that, he's going to be working more and or differently.
1: Mm-hmm. What's a number? Do you guys have a, an idea in your head how much more per month would make a real difference for you, realistically? I mean, probably
6: 500 to to $1,000, yeah. because that's... Five hundred, okay. two thousand so, dollars in here's savings.
1: Okay, here's why I asked that question. It's really important to get that number in your head and you two sit down and go, Okay, what do we have to do to come up with an additional thousand dollars? Could you find some of that in the budget? It's possible. I don't think you yeah. have a lot of fat. So now it's how do I make a thousand? How does he make a thousand? You know, can we do it collectively? Could you make a thousand, even being home with the one baby? Could he make a thousand you can you can rack that up pretty quickly, and now all of a sudden you've got two thousand dollars, but you've got to reverse engineer your activity to go, all right, this is what has to be true for us to be able to make an additional one thousand dollars and if you go above and beyond that, that's fine. But that's when you get some laser focus, and now you've got that margin,
2: yeah.
0: I'm going to send you a copy of Ken's book From Paycheck to Purpose for Your Husband. Uh, and you can read it too, of course. Yeah. But um, what I'm thinking about for him is I think this is just a job he fell into. Mm-hmm. Like he ran sound over at the church and some buddies that were in the sound business had come work for us. Now he runs sound. And, um, I, you know, he's 26. So you start asking yourself the question, what am I doing when I'm 36 yeah. that I'm making... Hundred thousand instead of fifty. That's right. And do I own the sound company? Do I have a completely different career direction? Uh do I take a class or two to make myself more valuable? Uh but if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, that's the definition of insanity. So change something. And um find and from paycheck to purpose helps lead him through a and really clear path, clear path to do that.
1: Yeah, it'll go from ideation. In stage one, all the way to realization of that, as Dave is talking about, 10-year, 20-year, 30-year plan. And he's got some skill set. He's got some experience. He can freelance with that skill set. But he needs to be raising the bar as to what he can make in the now, but with an eye on the next. And That's, that's how you guys get to real financial uh, independence and then the ability to do whatever you want to fund those dreams.
0: Very good. Excellent stuff. All right, Nick is with us in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Hi, Nick. What's up? Hey, thanks for taking my call, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Better than we deserve. How can we help, sir?
7: Excellent. So so here's my question. My wife and I are new to the Ramsey program. Um, we, you know, we have uh, significant savings um, already built up. We do have some consumer debt that I think we can manage rather quickly.
0: What is my the question, how much significant savings?
7: About eighteen thousand.
0: And that's not in retirement. No, no, no. And that's how much the, how much how much debt do you have?
7: So I have uh a couple car loans in a in a credit card. So eighteen thousand for my wife's car, seven on my daughter's car and a credit card um that uh that we have on the remainder.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So how can we help?
7: Well, so my question is, um, you know, my wife and I are, once we uh, take care of this consumer debt and, and we start to tackle our mortgage, uh, we sort of have a disagreement. I'm, I contribute roughly 35% of my income to retirement. Mm-hmm. And the question is, should I reduce that? Mm-hmm. And take that extra money and contribute it towards our mortgage yeah. in addition to any additional funds. that
0: Gotcha. Well, we Nick, what, what we well. teach is this idea of total focus because your most powerful wealth-building tool is your income. If you didn't have any payments right now except your house, you'd have a lot of wiggle room yeah. in this budget. And so you've been trying to do three things at once, and you ended up financing your car because you're over-investing in your – 401k, so you didn't have the money to buy a car. And so in a sense, you borrowed on your car to put money in your 401k. Mathematically, that's what's occurred. So, yeah, temporarily, I would stop putting any money in, not reduce it. I'd reduce it to zero temporarily. Temporarily, I'd not go out to eat, not go on vacation. I'd be on a tight budget, scorched earth. You and your wife sit down, make every penny scream. And then I would take every dollar of that 18 except $1,000, and I would throw it at your smallest debts. List your debts smallest to largest and pay them off in that order. So those cards and that daughter's car are gone. The debt's gone. We're going to put a big chunk on your wife's, and then we're going to attack your wife's really, really quickly and get it finished up. Now you got no payments but a house payment. That feels good, Mm -hmm. although it didn't feel good to stop that 401K for a minute, but it was just for a hot minute. Now we're going to build an emergency fund back of three to six months of expenses, put that savings back. And then you got your rainy day fund and then you restart your 401k. The problem is you try to do everything at once. So you're doing nothing. And that's the order of attack. Hang on. I'll send you a copy of the book, the total money makeover to help you do it. Ken Coleman, good show today. Thank you, sir. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus.